to the Make It Playable podcast, a D&D based podcast where we build playable versions of your favorite superheroes, comic book personalities, and other character ideas. We use standard rules and procedures provided on D&D Beyond, sprinkled with a little unearthed arcana for mild flavoring. Join me, Ted Wrights, and my friends Kelly Coster and Tony Coster as we bring your favorite characters to the local gaming table. Avengers Assembled, Episode 7, Ant-Man. We're going to be focusing on Ant-Man, continuing on from our Marvel series here. Today, yeah. I mean, we start off with our class and backgrounds, right? Race and so. backgrounds. Race and backgrounds. Race. Yeah, I say class. Yeah, race and backgrounds. I'm looking at class for some reason. So, today I'm going to start it off, and for my race i actually chose a forest gnome and you for a forest gnome has kind of a natural knack for illusion and quickness and stealth and their gnomes are always kind of known to be the happy kind of the happy-go-lucky ones in the group and whenever i picture the scott light in character from the movies I kind of picture just this guy who's just uh, like you think of uh endgame everyone is being all serious and then there's there's scott just there like hey i'm so glad to be a part of this yeah <laughs> or like even in civil war where he's just dumbstruck by captain america and just like wow i know you i know who you are too you're amazing yeah you're awesome so, yeah you're awesome <laughs> So also kind of like with his his background, how how well we'll go back to that in just a moment. Well, into his actual background, but him being stealthy kind of helps fit a lot with that, with what he's had to do to get to where he is. Mm-hmm. And so being able to have like know the minor illusion cam trip right from the get go is very helpful with that. And yeah, let's just go for, for the backgrounds. Where's my background? Why did it not save my background? What? Oh no. What? Trouble with Kelly's build already. What? <laughs> I I just okay, here we go. Criminal spy. Just because you know, he's from the get-go in Ant-Man, the movie, we already see that this is a guy who had to serve some time for doing a bit of theft. Mm-hmm. This is somebody who not necessarily doesn't always want to do it, but is doing it because he feels he has to. But also because it seems he has fun doing it, too. Yeah, I think the fun so, part is the I think, most important. Yeah. <laughs> Although, as we just kind of discovered... And the, uh, like, as we were kind of reviewing uh, Scott Lang, because we were trying to figure out really the biggest differences between him and Scott, is that one of the reasons he actually kind of went to the life of crime is to help deal with the sickness of his daughter. And I still feel like that kind of, that would explain also why a, why a uh, gnome would be so inclined to go into a life of crime yeah so uh 
So obviously you get your criminal contact. I kind of like to think of that as his uh, friend from the movie. From the, uh, from the movies, I keep forgetting his name. The guy who always tells the stories about like and this guy said, Luis. Luis, yes. <laughs> I like to think that his criminal contact is Luis. So, yeah, that'd be a good one. <laughs> I always, I really enjoyed in the Ant the Ant Man movies how they did those cutscenes and then it's them like him always talking over the other people. Yes, <laughs> I love so that. funny. Well, what'd That's... you pick for your tool proficiencies as a criminal spy? Uh, for the tool proficiencies, I chose where... Once again, I have to kind of do it right now because it didn't save for me. Where is it? We need to do midweek check-ins with Kelly to make sure he keeps his builds in order. I don't, I don't <laughs> know what happened. Like, I had it set up. <laughs> I don't know if maybe I just, like, closed out of it and didn't so save So, Kelly, are reason. you ready for your background? Hey, hey, if we're going to talk about background, do we, we need to roast me? Build? Roast huh? me. Huh? I deserve it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Bro, I'm sitting here like, you guys are explaining. You got background on him. I'm like, huh? I've seen one movie. Here we go. You know, I'm just going to choose jewel the jeweler's tools. I, I, because... I, rolled a, I rolled a virtual D30. And I picked or whatever. I'm just going to choose Jordan's tools because that's kind of what I think that's one of the things he got in trouble for stealing. Okay. He uh, can pick out those gemstones. Yep. <laughs> mm. Okay. It's not really. And it's kind of hard doing this now on the spot. <laughs> well, we're putting as much pressure on you as possible right now. Yep, yep, I can we're, tell. I can we're tell. DMing <laughs> each other what to say to you next. Uh, well, I okay. I'm looking at like the proficiencies here. I'm going animal handling. Sure, sure. I guess. Arcana. Eh. Athletics. No. History. Does he ever show any history? If there was, like, movie trivia, like, if your D&D &D world had, like, plays and, like, historic plays that were, like, known on your world, yeah. That would be fun. But, <laughs> sadly, no. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to go with animal handling. I'm just saying, you feel bad going into... first right now, Kelly? If that I went into... first, it would be a train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with animal, animal handling because that kind of goes into what I play into with my class and mm -hmm. explanation later. Yeah, that works. Nice. So, and you know what? I feel like he's the type of guy who uh, would just like to play some cards. Agreed. There we go. So there we go. Yeah. See, you guys, you got to see the making in the process. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, please save me and move on. All right, I will move on then. <laughs> for my uh, for my build, um, I did start out with a Hank Pym build, and I decided that it was a little bit too close to the uh, the Bruce Banner and Tony Stark builds that we did before. So I wanted to do something different. So I think we all went with Scott Lang, which is. I think that's cool because we're 
we're trying to do something different with the Avengers. They all have their benefits. They all have a, uh, their idiosyncrasies that they add to the group. So uh, I think it's nice that that we all decided to go with Scott Lang, and then maybe in the future we can take a look at what a Hank Pym build would have looked like. For my Scott Lang, I want to do narrow down my race to a small race. I really wanted it to be uh, to to look at it as this is someone that you that you don't think much of as you're as you're looking at him he he doesn't come across as much of a fighter as much of really as much of anything um so uh and then i kind of wanted scott lang to have that jovialness about him to be always in um like have that sense of happiness he always is a jokester he's a trickster he knows you know he he plays he plays just that kind of goofball in the movies so and i think that that's what i was aiming for um i decided to go with a light foot halfling uh, so that uh scott lang would be able to get the lucky feature and the brave feature um the halfling nimbleness is a really nice feature when you're playing with uh when you're playing with creatures that are medium or large and lightfoots get the this naturally stealthy feature which means that even you, they could hide behind another creature uh that is of medium or larger size so and i think that that fits with the the scott lang that we see in the movies is that he's you know he's just kind of there like you notice him when he's supposed to be there but any any other time he is he is outshadowed by captain america and iron man and even black widow and hawkeye so uh, i kind of liked that portion of the halfling features i also went with uh the criminal spy background like kelly but unlike kelly i have all of my proficiencies chosen wow okay so I picked uh, deception and stealth for my prof skill proficiencies, and I went with tinker tools for my tool proficiencies. So, because uh, I feel like he is the one that is going to be able to make improvements on his suit, on his uh, equipment, on other people's equipment as well. Like he has that a little bit of that engineering background. So I went with tinker's tools. And I also went with a playing card set uh, because I remember in the movies that he's he learns some sort of magical magic uh, talent with when he's playing with his daughter. And I like the idea that this Scott Lang has proficiency with maneuvering playing cards and he's able to use his sleight of hand with playing cards in order to show some sort of like magic trickery um to keep his daughter entertained and that's on to you ted well so for race i chose a variant tiefling um the cool thing with variant tieflings um you can make them look very much like humans except for one or two features so he doesn't like he, he wouldn't have to look 
specifically like a giant horned tiefling, you could make him very, very humanoid, except for a couple little things here and there. Um, mm. That's up to how you'd want to make him. I'd have him looking very much like a human with like some smaller horns, a little mischievous looking. Uh, you get dark vision with that. You have hellish resistance, which gives you resistance to fire damage. And with my variant tiefling, you get devil's tongue. You know the vicious mockery cantrip. When you reach third level, you can cast the charm person spell as a second level spell once with this trait. When you reach fifth level, you can cast the enthrall spell. You get hellfire at third level. You can cast burning hands once per day. Um, it replaces the hellish rebuke of the infernal legacy trait. Uh, winged, I guess you, you have you do he can fly, but that's a feature where I don't I don't think he'd be using super often. As always with my builds, I'll kind of take like some aspects of the race and like see what works for the character. Um, but Devil's Tongue, and then the, the Winged, and then you get your Devil's Tongue. Um, description for the background, I chose Criminal Spy. Not going to lie, before we continue forward, gentlemen, I have only seen Ant-Man and the Wasp and Civil War. But Ant-Man and the Wasp is the only Ant-Man movie I've seen, so this is going to be interesting. Uh, I chose Criminal Spy because from what I've heard from everybody else, he had a criminal spy background. The skill proficiencies I chose, you get Deception and I added Acrobatics. Tool proficiencies, playing card set because fortunately I did see him doing sleight of hand with playing cards. And then Jeweler's Tools because I was told that he was stealing jewelry. So I thought that would be important for him to have. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah. I'm I do like, have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Was there uh I'm I I like the idea that you you picked a tiefling for uh -huh. a, a criminal spy. Uh was there any like reasonings for picking your your tiefling race? The specific tiefling race, I like the so for backgrounds of tieflings and for the people I've played that have been tieflings, they're very mischievous. And even if they're not chaotic evil, they're at best like chaotic neutral. So there's all, they're always messing around or doing certain things or making light of situations. So I did it more for the, the character of the race versus the physical traits you get for the race. Um, that's, that was what intrigued me to it. I look, okay. I was, I, I liked some of like the halfling races, but nothing really, nothing spoke to me more. Um, I wasn't against choosing anything else, but I just kind of like the backgrounds of, of the tiefling race. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think the tiefling, well, for me, tieflings are always the ones that, are looked down upon like they everyone tends to think that tieflings are inherently evil because of their devil uh heritage right uh, and so, i feel like we pick up uh i feel like for the most part with scott lang we kind of start off with him as a criminal with a criminal background and i think if you were to look at him being looked down on in that with with that being one of the ties 
I think it, it makes it makes sense. Like him being born inherently evil is not really an argument to make. But if you're starting off at a point in time where he is robbing banks, then his physical appearance would lead people to look down on him, but also what he's doing as well. So mm-hmm. it, it, it did make sense to me. And I, I understand that part of the back, uh, that part of yeah. being a tiefling. Like yeah, he's never think- really out in public in other and in, in, in the movies and other stuff too so it well, adds to him being as secluded in the first movie there's a good point where he gets hired at baskin robbins mm-hmm. and then they find out about his criminal background and they're like well you know you should have told us up front sorry man you can't work here i know you're a good worker but because of your criminal background uh you got a record so you gotta stop working here so I feel like that's a good tie-in with the tiefling races. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't look like a tiefling. You don't really act like a tiefling, except for these certain times. But we kind of found out that you are a tiefling. So sorry, buddy, you can't work here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and well, and that's something too, where maybe he hides, maybe your character hides their wings. So like with mm-hmm. the variant tiefling, they don't necessarily have to have a tail. Uh, they yeah. can have just slightly different skin, so they look a little off. Their horns could be more like a bump or something else. So like the the deep, like the like a forked tongue, maybe that they try to hide. So like aspects of themselves where like if you're just glancing at them, they look kind of normal. But when you take a chance to get to know them, they're like, oh, that's a little odd. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. All right, all right. Next, we're doing abilities. Yep. So for abilities. I kind of had trouble giving him anything high. Yeah. Oh, this you was too, one of the huh? hardest things. Our, yeah. our, with our ability score thing, we have... It was and our, yeah, our like point by it's like, I feel like I have more than I need. Yeah. yeah that's how I felt too. I was I, like, I got to 68 or 70 and I was like, this is enough. I don't, I don't need to do any more. Yeah. I... <laughs> So I kind of tried to round it out as much as I could. And because of my race, I actually had a higher intelligence. So I kind of brought that down a little and brought up my wisdom for my class reasons later. Yeah. So strength 13, dex 13, constitution 13, (laughs) intelligence 11, wisdom 15, charisma 13. I had trouble justifying putting one above the other in any of these so your scores are making me think like i might have put them a little too high but no they all make sense no it's just he's kind of just a normal guy who happens to get an ability that kind of just makes him better yeah Yeah. (laughs) yep not really him it's that's that amazing it's more so well giving He's just more of a good guy who happens to get himself in a lot of trouble and come across a lucky encounter. Yeah. Yeah, similar to you, Kelly, I I didn't know exactly where to go with my scores. Ultimately, I decided uh, to tank some and then put more in others. I, I gave a, uh, a nine in strength because, I mean, like, Hope, Hope Pym is able to punch him pretty hard and you see him in the movies when they're training like he's like ow why did you punch me so hard so mm-hmm. and 
and she he tries to punch her and like she was no that was like some baby punched me or something so uh so you kind of notice like he's not a strong individual even for human standards um i did boost his decks up to a 16 and with his uh racial bonus it bumped him up to an 18 just because i think he's he could be considered a more more of a nimble character, uh, but it's something that he learns is really the the problem that I had with it is that that's something that you kind of have to be that way as a criminal thief. Um, like you see that he's able to jump over the fence um, fairly easily when uh, when he's trying to get in and out of places. So I mean he's pretty acrobatic, uh, but justifying him starting out as at an 18 it was pretty hard for me to to put that score in there um i made him uh just a 10 in constitution i made him a little bit more intelligent i put a 14 in intelligence just just because i think he's able to discern more details because i i i believe that he has more of an engineering background um so he's a little bit more intelligent than the average person um and able to tinker around with little certain aspects of his job but he's not going to be that level that next level of intelligence um i did however put an 18 in wisdom um i i felt that uh the scott lang is a little bit more observant and he's able to look around and notice when the best things when to do, when to hop over that fence and when to come back. Um, but again, it was really hard for me to put an 18 in there because he ends up getting caught by the cops like twice in the first movie. So is he really that observant? I don't know. But I mainly did that, I mainly did that for how I wanted the build to go. Um, and I put a 13 in Charisma, which uh, with his racial bonus put him to a uh to a 14 and um that was mainly because he's kind of the goofball of the group he's he's able to uh to make crack those jokes and make someone laugh but not necessarily be that leader figure that is off to you ted all righty for his ability scars i gave him a 10 in strength Gave him a 13 in dexterity, a 10 constitution, 13 intelligence. I kind of agreed with Tony. He's slightly above average and can kind of tinker and find his way through things slowly, methodically, taking his time. And then wisdom, I gave him a 12. Slightly above average. Um, and then a 13 for charisma. And I was trying to... A, 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 a charisma I probably could have give, given him a bit of a higher score I think he has a comic relief um, mm-hmm. uh, to the to the dynamic so I, I mean I could technically change that now but I'm going to leave it as is because I feel pretty comfortable with these scores Scott Lang has very little to add except circumstance really for me from what I from what I see um outside of like being charismatic and caring about his kid and that being a driving force for him um 
a lot of his powers that boost his scores up later come from him going along but i really didn't i tried at getting him higher up and other stuff but from my vast experience i really couldn't give him a, a big score in anything so yeah yeah <laughs> that, that that's that's it unless you guys have comments but those are my ability scores i got nothing i think we should move on to the yes classes. go on to our levels our class and levels yeah so starting at one through three i started off with rogue and kind of just proficiency sleight of hand stealth perception acrobatics kind of something you need when you're kind of a thief you've kind of robber <laughs> sleight of hand stealth is the expertise yes yeah just your basics stuff you get sneak attack these can't whatever cunning action <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah uh for the archetype i chose thief it's just only fitting mm -hmm. just because that's what he was slash kind of is uh so you get your fast hands being able bonus action to, uh be able to use your thieves tool to disarm a trap or open a lock use an object and second story work so pretty simple stuff yes sir yeah that sounds like what we know about scott lang Mm -hmm. And I have the exact same build as you, Katie uh, Kelly. Who's Katie? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Kelly's the. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking about something else. <laughs> All right. Uh, for my proficiencies, I already had deception and stealth from my background, so I did sleight of hand, investigation, acrobatics, and persuasion, and I decided to put my expertise in sleight of hand and thieves tools. Usually when I build a rogue, I do not uh, I do not put expertise in thieves tools because I feel like you don't get as many uses out of the expertise from it. And you can eventually open a lock with enough tries. So you're going to use your expertise in something else. But I felt with Scott Lang's character, he needs to get in and out of places very fast. He doesn't have the time to sit there and wait a minute in order, like figure out his, his tool, his, uh, his thieves tools. So, uh, I decided to go with sleight of hand and thieves tools. Um, and then I went with the thief archetype as well. And I think that it's, it's always kind of funny for a for a small character, a small sized character, to get the second story work uh, ability because you're you're able to climb faster. So I imagine a, a small halfling or gnome, like we have built, being able to clamber up some posts and then onto the second story of a building is kind of a and kind of a funny thing to see. And then being able to make that running joke jump. Uh, just have that little bit of an extra push at the at the end is kind of it would be a sight to see seeing a, a th like a toddler jump 10 feet <laughs> uh, across some rooftops all right Ted yeah alrighty well looky here got ourselves another rogue first three levels <laughs> uh, yeah 
Proficiency, stealth, expertise, stealth, thieves tools. Because I'm kind of basing this off of where you started. Thieves tools, thievery, good stuff. Um, I, I agree with you. That I agree, I, but I, I do agree with you though, Tony, and practical and practicality wise, these tools are really hard to justify as the expertise. However, I didn't really like anything else for his <laughs> attributes, so I chose these yeah. tools. Uh, uh, cunning action. Uh, Jilly loves you to move quickly. Um, roguish archetype. I chose arcane trickster. So you get spell casting with that, as well as at third level, the mage hand leisure de de demon, the main le leisure domain. Leisure. I don't leisure. Okay, leisure. cool. The D is silent. I love, I love how many letters are in between the last <laughs> one you hear and the first one you hear again. Um, mage hand. Le le and I'm not even. Mm -mm. Uh, <laughs> making it invisible. <laughs> making Ted's it invisible. Over. Um, which will come in handy and I'll explain later in the build why I, I kind of chose that. And that's, those are my first three levels. So I think we're all in agreement why we chose rogue for the first three levels. Yeah. There's not much <laughs> left to say there. Yeah. All right. Not else. <laughs> uh, here's probably where we all start to diverge. I hope so. So I kind of went, I tried my best to avoid the whole artificer using the suit or... oh, now he takes his shots let's do it <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i just feel like if i wanted to try something different with it uh -huh. mm -hmm. so for my levels uh four through six i chose druid mm -hmm. and obviously you get your proficiencies your druidic language your spell casting but at second uh, level, I chose Circle of the Moon. And this is kind yeah. of where I found put the foundation of this character and his ability to change size. Mm -hmm. Is that his wild shape and being able to use that in his combat wild shape to change into those small and larger creatures. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. That's a good means of associating the uh the small creature to like a tiny or even tinier creature mm -hmm. and i believe you gain like the attributes of those creatures right so like the you get the you if it's higher like, so if it's higher than yeah, yours then higher. yes you gain it yeah so yeah. that kind of also explains why this completely average normal guy can do these big feats of strength or these really nimble uh maneuvers being able to see things that you normally wouldn't whatever it's all through the wild shaping here yeah it it's the only thing that stays are your intelligence wisdom and charisma score scores mm -hmm. your your strength your uh dexterity and constitution all become the are replaced by the statistics of the beast yes um, but your everything else, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma, you're you're able to keep. Mm -hmm. And with the combat wild shape, uh, you choose the circle second level. You gain the ability to use wild shape as your bonus action. Yeah, super. Sure, when you transfer uh, transform to wild shape, you can use the bonus action expend one spell slot to regain one d8 hit points. Yep. Per level of spell slot. Yep. yep. So that felt kind of nice being able to 
stay in your shape for a while longer. Yeah. And circle forms, right? Circle gain ability transform into a dangerous, more dangerous animal form. Starting second level, you can use your wild shape to transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high as one. Yeah. Starting so, starting out at one. Yeah. And later and on at level six, it'll be a third. Was mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Divided by your druid right. level, divided by three, round down. Yeah, Circle of the Moon is one of those really cool transformation uh, circles for Druid. If you really enjoy uh, transforming into creatures, then it's good to take Circle of the Moon because you're not limited to the, the starting off CR quarter uh, mm -hmm. that our normal Druids are, uh, are limited to. Um, instead, at second level, you can go up to as high as one. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea of associating that the higher level you get, the higher CR uh, creatures you can be. Kind of similar to how uh, in Ant-Man of the Wasp, we actually see him interact with somebody else who also was able to use the giant form of the Ant-Man suit. And them just kind of showing up like, oh, I went to this size. Yeah. Oh, I went up to 10 feet. And this the kind of idea of like, as you get more accustomed to your abilities, you get to become bigger and bigger, smaller things. Yeah. So I feel like that that's these are kind of the foundation of my entire my entire build here. Cool. And there's nothing for level three, so more spell casting, more yep. sp more spell levels. Yep. For my uh, four through six, I I decided to stay with uh, with rogue. Um, I felt like. I, I really wanted to get up to reliable talent, but then upon thinking about it, I thought that's not really a Scott Lane character. That's more mm -hmm. of a Black Widow character. Mm -hmm. So um, I just wanted to be able to get to this the uh, second expertise. So at fourth level, I um, I put more uh, more into my dexterity scores. And then at fifth level, you get the uncanny dodge, which is going to be important, I feel like, for uh, a Scott Lane character utilizing his suit um, and being able to dodge in tiny form. Um, and then at sixth level, I chose the expertise in stealth and investigation. Um, at this point, I felt like this is the Scott Lang that we know uh this is the the scott lane um that has uh that is before the beginning of the movie that is alluded to in his in his background mm -hmm. all right so, on to ted perfect at level four i stayed a rogue and took a feat time to go mobile i took the mobile <laughs> feat gave him increased speed all the fun stuff that came with that. Um, I wonder. I wonder who used really that like last. Full feet. <laughs> I do. It's it's really it's really nice. It's it's just convenient. Like if you're making a sneaky like get in get out quick hitter, it's very mm -hmm. useful. And that extra ten feet of movement's nice. Um, yeah. And I didn't mm -hmm. want to give him ability score improvements. I just. I was like, let's get feats and like let's have them have them do stuff. And again, that kind of that comes to fruition later on as the build comes together. I hope I'm gonna keep telling myself that <laughs> until we're done here. 
and then I multi-classed into Artificer. This okay. one is weird because it's not he's not going to be the type of Artificer that can be alone and he's going to have to dis be in a way where he like discovers stuff. So like with a lot of D&D storylines, it's very much like either you're given something and you just know how to do it right away or it comes to you in a dream or the it's like story's convenient but i think this is going to be a situation where he finds the suit like the the tools that suit that hank used mm -hmm. and it's going to be a discovery like what is he going to discover how to use first and move on from there would be how i would approach playing him as an artificer and he would have to unlock and learn different part aspects of the suit as he went along and so for yeah. me like you would pre like almost like the dm would predetermine the infusions within the suit and he would discover them as he went along that'd um, be kind of cool i mean it it makes it different than the tony stark builds that we did is mm -hmm. even though it's an artificer it's different yeah, enough. Tony's coming up with the inventions for it himself yeah. and implementing them. It's like they're all kind of there, and he's going to stumble across figuring them out himself. Um, for proficiencies, I gave him sleight of hand, um, history, and utensils. Um, I actually built this kind of wrong because I built it with the artificer first and then rotated it back. So... I would have to go finagle, like, it works, but I would have to go finagle the, the, because I kind of screwed up. So I would have to go put sleight of hand back to where I put something else and maybe put stealth here, vice versa, um, to change the proficiencies and the expertise that goes along with that. So I kind of screwed oh. that up, but um, I'll admit that now and move along. I gave him history and cook's utensils for um, his other proficiencies, um, though, yes, I did give him proficiency in history. With his lower intelligence, it's still not a huge boost, but um, I gave it to him. Um, I didn't really... Maybe investigation. Um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to what I wanted to give him there for another for another proficiency. Um, you get magical tinkering with your artificer, your spell casting, uh, and you're at second at second level, which is where we're gonna, which is my level six here sure i get that one yep which is my level six you get your infuse your you get to infuse items uh for his first infusions i picked enhanced arcane focus so uh, assuming he'd get a basic wand to use with this so an enhanced arcane focus enhanced defense i gave him the gauntlets of ogre power because from the one commercial I saw, it looks like he gets pretty strong when he uses that suit and its abilities. So to infuse the Gauntlets of Ogre Power. And then um, I split this up into two groups because I go up pretty high in levels with him. Um, and and then in an infused enhanced weapon. So being able to imbue a weapon with a plus one to it. Okay. Those are some of my first ones I chose. Okay. And those are my th those are my levels four through six, and his first two levels of artificer. artificer. Cool. All right. So now continuing on with seven through nine. Yep. We continue on with my uh, my druid, and so druid fourth level is going to be wild shape improvement. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 
Uh, you use your action magically assume the shape of beast that you have seen before. Challenge rating of one half or lower that doesn't have flying speed. Okay. So but now that's kind of been that's swimming speed. Yeah, now we can have a swimming speed basically. Yeah. Uh, I I also get a ability score improvement. I also chose mobile. So it's just so explained. useful. <laughs> it is very useful. It's really useful, and I feel like this is kind of very fitting for Ant Man being able to like it's kind of something he's going to need as he changes his size, being able to increase his speed and use the dash action. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And fifth level, more spell stuff. Uh, sixth level for Druid, or as we're on level nine for our build. Mm, uh, yeah. Primal Strike. Starting at sixth level, your attacks in beast form counts as magical for the purpose of overcoming resistances mm -hmm. of... and blah, 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 blah. We get that. And uh, circle forms. So now you can finally start getting up to the higher than the one CR rating, which I believe actually, once you do that, you automatically get and go to a second, a two CR. Because it's divided by three of your druid level. Mm hmm. So. Yeah, so you can go to CR two. Yep. Cool. So not only do you overcome resistances, you now hit harder too. Yeah. Yep. Very nice. All right. And that's all I got for my seven through nine. Okay. Tony, my, yeah, my seven through nine kind of resembles the very beginnings of the first Ant-Man movie where he gets caught stealing that suit and then is rescued and then... Uh, and then trained by Hank Pym and Hope Pym. Um, so I decided to multi-class into Monk um, as he's learning how to focus his uh, focus his body, focus his uh, how he maneuvers his body in uh, when he needs to be small as well. Because he has to have some sort of martial arts training in order to uh, in order to focus his body when he's becoming big to small and small back to big. Um, so you, other than um, the normal monk feature, you don't get any special proficiencies in in monk at first the first level of monk, other than the unarmored defense and a martial arts. Um, I felt that the unarmored defense was um, was an, an important feature to have with uh, alongside of the suit because the suit really is, isn't there to offer protection. It's really there to have uh, to have Hank Pym and Scott Lang transform. So it's not really a suit of armor in my opinion. It's just like a it's just an added covering. So I don't think that... Uh, it, it is a vessel from which he can dictate his next move. Yeah, it, pretty much. <laughs> um, and then at, uh, at first level, you get your martial arts ability. So you can use your, uh, your punches as your unarmed strikes... Uh, you can do a 1d4 instead of the normal 
just your strength score. And you can use dexterity in place of strength for attack and damage rolls for your unarmed strikes. Um, so I felt like that was a, a little bit more important. I took a, one more level in Monk to get the key points as well as the unarmored movement. Um, I thought being able to, similar to how you, the both of you are using that mobile feat, I decided that using a key point to take the disengage action was the solution to doing that mm -hmm. um, rather than using a, a, a feat. Um, and then having that unarmored movement accomplishes the same thing, just using a class feature rather than a feat. Um, is that and the the key point is those are that's a situation where you have to make sure you have your bonus action, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, you have to have your bonus action in order to use the the disengage, and you have to have a key point to spend as well. Um, at let's see, we're doing ninth level. At ninth level, I decided to go the same route as Kelly and multi-class into Druid. Uh, and at first level, you don't get anything special. You get some spellcasting. Your proficiencies aren't really any different than that of the uh, monk and rogue. Uh, but uh, at ninth level, you're able to get a little bit more of into how you are focusing into transforming your body into something that will cause massive amounts of destruction in your tiny form all right seven all right. Through nine for you ted sir uh level seven for me is my third level of artificer and you get to choose your artificer specialist i chose armor 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 um, it, it, I understand and I totally agree that his armor isn't, or his suit isn't armor. However, I couldn't also classify him as a battlesmith artillerist or alchemist. I didn't feel yeah. like those really fit either. So I chose armor just because I wanted to find ways to beef him up and it's really hard. Like you can make him small. But we're never going to be able to make him ant-sized small, so I tried to find ways to give him... Because becoming an ant size was the way he used that suit as armor to defend himself and get away from situations. So I'm having to combat, them by, combat that by actually adding armor and defenses into his, into his suit. So doing yeah. that, um, the, you get the right tool for the job with uh, Tinker's Tools in hand. You can magically create the ones that are artisan tools. Um, tools of the trade, third level armor or feet. You gain proficiency with heavy armor. Um, armor or spells. Um, third and fifth level, which we'll get to. Um, magic missile and shield. And then at fifth level, you get mirror image and shatter. Which are, which are good spells. Um, armor armor model. I chose Infiltrator. So he gets sent forward. He gets sent first um, into situations as almost like a recon. So I gave him infantry, Infiltrator as his armor model. My English is deteriorating by the second. Um, you customize your armor for subtle undertakings. It has the following features. Lightning launcher. A gem-like node appears on one of your armored fists. 
or on the chest, your choice. It counts as a simple ranged weapon with a normal range of 90 feet and a long range of 300 feet. Deals 1d6 lightning damage on a hit. Um, that, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's when he gave Tony Stark a heart attack. Um, <laughs> actually, more like when yeah. Thor fixed it, but that was what came to mind for me. Powered step, walking speed increases by 5 feet, so that was something cool, too. You get just a little more movement. Uh, second skin, the armor's weight is negligible. It becomes form-fitting and wearable under clothing. If the armor normally imposes disadvantage on dexterity checks, the pa the power armor doesn't. So, really, really good that's, benefits. That's an important one for the suit that the the Ant Man wears. Is mm -hmm. it is you know it it is not that. Uh, scale mail or uh full plate armor it is form-fitting and it just looks like a normal suit not a a full armor suit mm -hmm. yep um let me go that's still still on third level for that okay and then for his for fourth level this fifth level this sorry um eighth level i'm sorry when you reach um uh, I, I took the feet i took the observant feet um, increase your intelligence or wisdom score by one to a maximum of 20. Uh, you can see a creature's mouth while it is speaking, a language you understand. You can interpret what it's saying by reading its lips. And then a plus five to passive perception and passive intelligence um, investigation scores. And I chose to increase his wisdom score. Kind of going along with what Tony says, what Tony was talking about. Um, I kind of used the same discretion making that improved perception score as I did with Thor is I gave Thor like a higher wisdom score, but his intelligence wasn't that high. So for me, the reasoning was they see a lot of stuff, but they don't always know what to do with it. Like um, in Endgame, when they find out that they lost the, uh, the staff to Loki and they didn't have enough of the um, things to get home like they're picking mm -hmm. up on that and ant-man's like seeing the situation seeing how it's developing but he's not sure how to try and solve it he just kind of deteriorates in the situation and you have like a guy like tony stark who has the intelligence and the invest in the understanding of how to solve a problem in the moment and like that kind of difference is how i saw it yeah um because his the passive investigation for him it does go up by five but that doesn't make it very high for what i for what i gave him um, and then at level five, you get an extra attack. So just getting that multi-attack feature. Mm -hmm. And those are that's my level seven through nine. All right. Continuing for levels 10 through 12. Um, next level of Druid, just more spells. Uh, the level after that, wild shape improvement, kind of worthless as a, a circle of the moon. Because it overrides all that but you do get an ability score improvement which i chose another feat and i chose warcaster so being able to have advantage mm -hmm. on constitution saving throws you can perform like the somatic components a spell even when you have a shield or weapon in your hands and being able to use a spell when a creature's movement provokes an opportunity attack i feel like that's just all, like, with some of the spells I chose, that feels like it's something that can be all used to Ant-Man's benefit. And after that, it's just more spells. So, it's... Spells. Hmm? 
just beefing up your spells. Yeah. Honestly, there's just a lot of like there's a lot of levels where it doesn't really tell you much. It's just like, oh yeah, you got some more spells and a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. So with abilities with that uh warcaster, I felt like it helps pair off with what I'm doing. Okay. Um 10 through 12 for me, I took my last level in Druid in order to get the wild shape feature. And I chose the same uh, Druidic circle, circle of the moon. Um, and this was mainly for me to be able to use your, uh, your wild shape as a bonus action rather than an action um, so that you could still turn into something and... and do an attack because uh, it's kind of like that uh, I'm going to turn small and still attack or I'm going to turn back to big and still attack too um, it's you know that constant shift of size felt like what you see Ant-Man constantly doing in uh, w within combat um, I, I really like being able to use a uh, a wild shape druid with uh, the rogue because that means that you are a more uh, effective infiltrator. You can turn into a mouse or an ant or a moth and just uh, go in quickly into some place, unassuming. Um, you know, people aren't going to assume much from a, a moth fluttering in and uh, taking a uh and taking a little nap on the on the wall they're not going to assume very much from from that and uh and then you're able to get in and out fairly quickly as as a rogue druid and as a monk druid having the unarmored defense bonus in your wild shape just adds to being able the survivability of your character as well um and you can use your key points in your wild shape if you need to as well you you're not limited to using key points you can still use all of your other class features while you're in your wild shape so uh, i think that that's kind of cool as well um is while you're in your tiny form any sort of tiny form you can still use your uh, your disengage or your flurry of blows or whatever it may be. It might not be as a, as effective in the D and D universe, but um, it's still a really cool feature. At level twelve, uh, I decided to go with my last multi-class, and I multi-classed into fighter. Um, now I'm trying to solve the issue of how. Uh, of how Ant-Man becomes Goliath. And I have a good idea how uh, Kelly's going to do it, but I had my own ideas on how to do that. Um, so I have at level 12, first level and fighter. I chose my fighting style as defense. Um, so that's, let's see. While you are wearing armor. Nope, that's not the one that I wanted to do. Here, no, maybe that was it. Now it's been a while for me since I've done this, so now I'm confused. Uh, 
I think what I, what happened when I chose my fighting style is that there was nothing that I could there was there was literally nothing that I could choose that made sense for having a monk fighter druid rogue um that really worked together because with defense you're not able you you shouldn't be wearing armor as a monk with uh with dueling you might might be able to get away with that because you have a while you're wielding a melee weapon in one hand you gain a plus two to your damage rolls that's a possibility um and two weapon fighting might work if you're if you have two uh weapons in your hand um but really in my build uh scott lang is using his body as weapons and not his and not really any weapons he's using his unarmored strikes mostly um so it really didn't make a lot of sense on what fighting style to do i think in retrospect probably dueling is probably the best one to do because you're you might have one weapon in your hand and still be able to punch and kick with your unarmored strikes. Hopefully that makes sense. All right. Does that do it for oh. you? Yeah. Uh, backtracking to mine really quick for my 12th level. I forgot to mention that uh, the CR does go up to three for my yeah. tape. So that's all I wanted to add. Yeah. So there's probably bigger creatures that you can become. Mm -hmm. All right. So for my level ten through twelve, I am fin I am still an artificer for level six through eight. At sixth level, you get tool expertise. Your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check that you make using your proficiencies that uses your proficiency with a tool. Seventh level, flash of genius. You gain the ability to come up with solutions under pressure. Um, you. When you or another creature you can see within 30 feet of you makes an ability check or saving throw, you can use your reaction to add your intelligence modifier to the roll. Again, not a lot, but just trying to help people out when he can. Like, it, like he's happy to be in any situation that's going on and does his best to help. So that's what I see him doing. And at 8th level, uh, I took another feat. I took Infernal Constitution. Increase your constitution score by 1 to a maximum of 20. Uh, you have resistance to cold damage and poison damage, and you have advantage on saving throws against being poisoned. Just seemed helpful, like a generally helpful thing in a campaign. Um, I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go with that, and I didn't want to give him ability score improvements, and I, I like that feat, so I added it to him. There's a lot of random poison damage in a campaign. Yeah, but from, I mean, from traps to yeah, uh, you know, battling dragons. So, I can imagine poison resistance is you, even walking through some fungus, you can encounter uh, some sort of poison damage that you'll and that you'll get. Yep, and that all that's those are those three levels. So, cool. Uh, let's see. What is that? 13 through 15 for yes, starting with Kelly. Uh, yep. So continuing on from there, I just, I just stuck with Druid all the way through. So, uh, 10th level Druid get elemental wild shape. So you're able to now transform into different element, pencil like pulls. So air, earth, fire, water, 
using two of the uses of your wild shape. Yeah. Uh, and those are large creatures. Yes. Um, so they're bigger than, you know, bigger than the normal creature. Yeah. And so, when you wild shape from a small to a large creature, that's a significant change in uh, in size. Mm -hmm. Especially, yeah, just the idea of this little gnome suddenly transforming to a giant earth elemental. Yeah. <laughs> kind of seems a bit intimidating suddenly. Kind of like, yeah, going from this tiny little guy suddenly into this huge guy at the airport. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of what I was thinking with that. Uh, 11th level, more spells. That's kind of what's going on. Or, technically, we're on, like, 14, but 11th for Druid. Mm -hmm. And next one is I got another feat, and I chose Tough. Just kind of help increase your max hit points there for a bit. Make them not as... I don't know. I, it was kind of hard for me to find feats that worked well with... Like, I couldn't really find any feats that paired well with the uh, wild shaping. And Tough didn't really do that either, but I don't know. I just felt... It just makes it so he doesn't die instantly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if... It might not suit the the Scott Lang that we see in the, in the movies because we're still watching him get punched and then mm -hmm. like he can he can get knocked out by one punch from Captain America. Um but in a in survivability and a D D campaign, you know, a tough feat with uh a druid rogue can be a good option because you're it's just that little bit of survivability. Mm -hmm. So yeah. That's it for those levels. Cool. Um, well, for my 13 through 15, I stayed in fighter. And as I will do until level 18, uh, second level, you get your accent charge. And at third level, I decided to solve my, uh, how to, uh, how to become the Ant-Man into Goliath by taking the martial archetype of Rune Knight. Um, and that at third level gives me proficiencies in Smith's tools, as well as the ability to read, uh, speak and write giant. And then you get the ability of giant might. Um, as a bonus action, you can gain the, the following benefits for one minute. If you are smaller than large, you can become large along with anything you are wearing. Uh, you have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws, and your weapon deals an extra 1d6 damage. And you can do this twice uh, before you finish a, lo a long rest. So I thought that that was kind of a, a clever way to bring in how to become the Goliath, an, an Ant-Man to a Goliath. I like but, that. I didn't, huh. And then along with the that magic, you also get rune magic. Um, I think at different levels, you get uh, some extras, 
but I chose three runes. I chose the hill rune, which means that you have resistance to poison damage. Um, and in addition, as a bonus action, you gain resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage for one uh, for one minute. Uh, then I chose the cloud rune, which means that you have advantage on sleight of hand and deception checks. In addition, when you are a creature you can see within 30 feet of you is hit by an attack roll, you can use your reaction to invoke the rune and cause the attack to target a different creature within 30 feet of you. Um, so it's just like a transference of attack. And then I also chose the frost rune, which means that uh, you get advantage on animal handling and intimidation checks. In addition, as a bonus action, you can increase your strength score by two for 10 minutes. Uh, this increases increase causes your sco score to exceed 20, but not 30. So you have a little bit of a boost to your strength score. Uh, and I will go into how that boost plays in to uh, the Goliath uh, transformation when we get into our items. And that'll do it for my level 12. Sweet. So, um, level... Or level 15, sorry. I was going to be like, oh, oh yeah. man. <laughs> All right, so for my level 13, it's a level 9 artificer. And at level 9, you get armor modifications, um, infusion choices. I took repeating shot. Um, magic weapon grants plus one bonus attack damage rolls when it's made with it. Um, and then Mind Sharpener, whenever the creature fails a constitution saving throw to maintain concentration on its spell, it can use its reaction to succeed instead. Um, again, I, I'm, all this stuff is cool, um, but that's this is if this were to be a character or you played in a campaign, you would have to play it to where um, he is getting this information from Hank as mm -hmm. they go along and he's discovering this stuff it's not like he's just gonna he's not gonna figure most of the stuff out himself so that and then um, there's like an artificer behind the artificer exactly mm -hmm. and then from there yeah i'll finish out i'll finish out the artificer build from there because i had it set up differently but i'm gonna finish out the artificer build um you get magic item adept at 10th level. 11 at 10th level. When you reach 10th level, you achieve a profound understanding of how to use and make magic items. You can attune to up to four magic items. If you craft a magic item with a rarity of common or uncommon, it takes you a quarter of the normal time it costs. Um, this is stuff where he wouldn't have to worry about it as much because, again, it's the... Um, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, I actually um, multi-classed with Bard. And here's why for me, watching the first movie I saw, which was Ant-Man and the Wasp, him being cooped up at home all that time and saying he spent so <laughs> much time working on how to entertain his daughter. I was like, you know what, Scott? You got me. I'm going to make you a Bard. Yeah. Which, un which <laughs> so that so that's what I ended it's not up doing. For the drums, 
Huh? So the drum set. It's not for the little drum set that he started playing. I definitely gave him drums for his proficiencies. So he is proficient <laughs> with a drum. Uh, and then I gave him proficiency in animal handling. Um, for how he can communicate with. I don't know if you're gonna, if you're gonna change and make an ant an animal or what you would do in your campaign. But that, uh, bardic inspiration. You get spell casting um at first level so that finishes out the level nine levels nine through eleven for me where he finishes out level 10 as an artificer and starts off at level one as a bard okay all right 16 18 all right um once again i feel like i keep on saying this more spells yeah <laughs> Dude, Druid, so, yeah, that's... and the level after that is Thousand Forms. And this is kind of the last real thing that I get as a Druid. And it's by 14th level, you learn to use magic to alter your physical form in more subtle ways. You can cast Alter Self spell at will. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I feel like that kind of also, I don't know. I guess that somewhat could work wasn't too much i could think of because while i was looking over alter self they can't really change your size at all your appearance right. like you can just change your appearance yeah i mean alter self is pretty cool where you can give yourself gills or mm -hmm. uh web fingers or yeah like claws and stuff fangs and so i feel like that's that's pretty cool for being a druid um we don't we, we don't really see how ant-man utilizes some of that stuff other than being able to make himself small and large yeah but it'd be useful for for super useful for a, a, a druid build yeah uh the last and then for the last level i can just finally do a cr5 of a animal or a yeah. beast. It's a wild shape. And what CR5 beast would you be transforming in? Uh, I didn't have that up at the time. Where did it go? Where is... I will get back to you on that as soon as I can find where I put that. So I had it written down somewhere. Okay. I mean, there was a lot of things. There's like giant. I think those are really where, like, that's when you start getting the giant animals, isn't it? That's where you get like the giant crocodile, sharks, stuff. Yeah, that's... you can get giant crocodile, giant shark. Um, you can do. Here, let me triceratops if you've encountered. Uh, if you've encountered dinosaurs in your campaign. What? Um. Yeah. Swear bear. Can be what? Why is that in the list? Well, that's for yeah. Uh, that's just a monster. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you start getting to the more giant creatures, though. Yeah, I think it's more of like if you really wanted to be a huge creature, then mm. you're gonna be like a giant crocodile or triceratops, or like a brontosaurus or something. Yeah. And that those creatures are going to give you that that significant size change so you finally get that right at the last level 
Cool. Uh, let's see here. 16 through 18 for me. I finish off in fighter uh, at level 16. Um, is an ability score improvement, and I didn't feel like there were there were really there weren't really any other things that I ability scores to improve on. So I really wanted to find some cool feats that were related to that the halfling race. Um, so the first feat I picked was a second chance, um, and that allows you to increase your dex, constitution, or charisma by one. I chose charisma, and when a creature you can see hits you with an attack roll, you can use your reaction to force the creature to re-roll. Um, you can do that, uh, let's see here, once you use this ability, you can't use it again until you roll initiative at the start of combat or until you finish a short or long rest. So I thought that was kind of a cool way to bring in the halfling race to this build and show that that uh, Scott Lang is at this point, he's kind of at Infinity War, he's at Endgame, and he's not really afraid of the fight anymore. He's more willing to give it give it his all and um this this part of uh, this part of him is being able to see where the attacks are coming and avoid them um within when while in any shape at level 17 uh the martial archetype feature here is defensive runes um, you learn to invoke your rune magic to protect your allies. When another creature you can see within 60 feet of you is hit by an attack roll, you can use your reaction to gain to grant a bonus to the creature's AC against the attack. The bonus equals your uh, one plus your intelligence modifier. Um, in addition, you learn one new rune magic. So that was one of uh, my three that I had mentioned before. But I think this all just ties back to him understanding what combat really looks like and how to effectively be part of a team. My last and final level and fighter is going to be an ability score improvement. And I chose the halfling racial feat of bountiful luck. Um, and this is kind of going all to be uh, showing that that luck that favor that um you know the ability just the ability to be lucky in general um and this feat describes that when an ally you can see within 30 feet of you rolls a one on a d20 for an attack roll an ability check or a saving throw you can use your reaction to let the ally re-roll the die uh the ally must use the re-roll the new roll so this is kind of, I feel like, the way that Scott Lang is uh, has those kind of quirky moments where he tells a little one-off joke and then they're kind of back on track, uh, getting things done, where maybe they were a little bit distracted and he says something like um, that could be interpreted as inspiring or just kind of quirky and then they go back to business as usual. Uh, but that will finish off level 18 for 
Scott Lang for me. Alrighty, and I will finish off my Scott Lang build with a Jack of All Trades, a Song of Rest as a level two bard. At third level, the Bard College, I chose College of Glamour. Um, I liked it. It was it's it's like it disguises, you know. He tries to dress up the ants inside the house and just this this aura of appearance where he's always trying to look like he has it together. Um, and it just it, it was the one that made the most sense to me. College of Lore really didn't because it's a college of schooling and a college of studying, and that wasn't something I, I felt really fit him. Um, hmm. For expertise, um, I chose sleight of hand and animal handling um specifically regarding to ants i'm just having a little bit of fun at this point in time um <laughs> manipulating ants to do what you want for them in the house um yeah. mantle of inspiration i kind of think of this more as a physical thing than an actual singing of a song where he is like changing his size to lift people up and move them and get them in a better position to fight during combat where he um he uses physical acts that he can perform to inspire motivation instead of being able to sing or do music and stuff like he can but he's gonna do this by an action versus mm -hmm. a, uh, that and then i have enthralling performance which he gets because of his school of his school um if you perform for at least one minute you can attempt to inspire wonder in your audience by singing reciting a poem or dancing i i almost call it like he's gonna sit there and fumble for about two, a minute and people are just gonna be like what is he what is he talking about as he's distracting you from something else going on behind your back so yeah. enthralling performance there and then finally to round it out i have his level four where i gave him you guessed it the alert feat um but uh that i gave him because i was i i don't know if i would have chosen something else or if i would have just gone with adding to an ability score um the plus five to initiative i think helps being a rogue since we gave that to him earlier getting the jump on somebody whether or not it's by being the first one or close to the first person in the round changing his size and doing something with one of the first turns in the round to change the course of combat um i gave him the alert feat yes it does make him seem like an extremely perceptive and uh, a person who can't get caught but i use it more because once he gets into combat i gave him spells and other things that may not do damage but they lend help to changing the course of the combat because okay. that's what I feel like I see him doing. Either he is, like, wrapping somebody up or is, like, tossing somebody up for somebody else to finish. Mm. So that's kind of what I think of um, when I add that. And that is the end of my build. All right. Really? Cool. Yeah. Was... All right. Uh, <laughs> so now we have to go on to the equipment and spells. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if we can actually kind of go through this pretty quickly, because Christina has been kind of giving me the heads up that Tony, you got should probably be hurrying up. Oh, okay. So if we can try making this as fast as yeah. possible. Let's do it, dude. Uh, right. So I'll quickly go on here. 
equipment. Actually, it's really easy to do fast because I didn't really choose much at all. I just gave him leather armor. Most of the stuff he has is going to be mostly from his V-shape and the spells that I gave him. Yeah. So, uh... It was yeah, hard to I... pick equipment for... Yeah. And I think all of us had this in common, is that doing a level 18 Ant-Man of Scott Lang was kind of difficult. He didn't feel like yeah. a level character. Uh, we all made it work, but at the same time, the the ant the scott lang version of ant-man just didn't feel quite as powerful as uh a iron man or thor or even a black widow or hawkeye mm -hmm. okay well moving on to spells uh i gave him guidance kind of just felt like something that he does just kind of a little quick help joker of encouragement something like that uh, Gus, I feel like when he's in his, at least in his giant form, it kind of makes sense for this gigantic creature just swing their arm and there's just this gust of wind <laughs> to kind of give it something like that. Um, for first level, he has Beast Bond, which I felt like was kind of necessary for his uh, relationship with the Ant Anthony. Mm hmm. And his ability to, like, communicate with ants and tell them what to do. Kind of do stuff like that. Uh, Goodberry, he's always hungry. He always needs food. I feel like he's always asking for a peanut butter sandwich, orange slices, <laughs> stuff like that. He needs something to give him food. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Once more with speak animals, kind of the same deal with the beast bond. Only more verbal. Uh, Barkskin... Just like how when he's in his giant form, uh, you see what all these, uh, you're seeing like War Machine firing all these guns and missiles at him and just not even hurting him. Just got adding on that little extra AC. Yeah. Uh, Fine Traps, I felt like kind of helps with his background actually of being a kind of burglar, a thief. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of felt like it made sense, along with Pass Without a Trace. Yeah. Uh, third level spells, I gave him Conjure Animals, so being able to summon the ants. Aha! And also Water Breathing, just kind of as part of, like, his helmet helps him breathe in situations that he really shouldn't be able to. Mm. His helmet kind of, if we have noticed, like, later on when he, like, when he shrinks down his super tiny sizes his helmet's always covering his face usually especially yeah. when he goes into the other yeah the other plane whatever uh, the sub uh this subatomic mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> going subatomic uh fourth level giant insect mm -hmm. uh if we haven't noticed he don't hasn't he later on at uh, starting at uh civil war he not only can change his own size, but other things' sizes. Yeah. Inclu or actually, no, that even happened in the first Ant-Man, where he changed Anthony into a gigantic ant. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there was uh, one ant that he changed in the yeah. last battle. Yeah. So, that made sense to me. Polymorph, it's more being able to change his friend's size now, I'm thinking, a bit. Okay. Uh, being, being able to alter uh, the your companions as well. 
Mm -hmm. uh, insect plague, an even more just direct version of conjure her animals. Just <laughs> now, you get all these flying ants maybe coming at you. Uh, kind of went back to the food thing with Hero's Feast. There you go. Now he's sharing with everyone else. <laughs> kind of like Hulk sharing the taco with him. <laughs> and then here, the 7th level thing is the main thing I wanted to get to, actually. This is one of the biggest thing I wanted to get to. Okay. And that is Plane Shift. Oh, yeah. With Ant-Man's ability to become so small, he is able to plane, pretty much Plane Shift into a completely different dimension. Mm. And that's kind of the... That's where I took that. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. That, um, that he's just getting so small that he goes into a separate dimension. Because mm -hmm. that, that the, whatever, I try to remember what it's called, but essentially it's a form of travel. Yeah. Not through just space, but also time later on. You see the, in, well, you see the movies. Mm-hmm. Well, my equipment was also pretty simple. I didn't see anything else that he really needed. Um, my build, he's not able to wear armor. So I decided to give him the bracers of defense. And starting off, he probably had the boots of elven kind just to help him as a sneaky rogue and thief. Um, then getting into the Goliath portion of the build, I felt like he uh, he he needed to do have the either the gauntlets of power or the bracers of defense. Um, I don't know. You might be able to wear both of them in tandem. One's a hand wear, one's a wrist wear. But uh, I I might rule that you probably need to wear one to the other. Uh, but having the gauntlets of ogre power boost your strength up to a 19 just helps with him in his Goliath form um, so that he can be a little bit more effective in his uh, athletics and his his strength damage uh, that he's going to be doing when he's a bigger creature. For spells, I didn't go too far in Druid, so I only know first level spells. I gave him Mending and Mold Earth to help with his infiltration um, so that he could break a window if he needed to, get in, and then mend it up. Uh, he could use Mold Earth to try to get underneath, uh, underneath some house or inside somewhere that has uh, some dirt next to it. And um, and for first level spells, I felt like Beast Bond was another essential one, like Kelly did. And then I chose Animal Friendship, um, Healing Word, and Cure Wounds. And then I felt that Jump and Long Strider were good movement buffs to uh, to have for uh, for his beast shape. Um, his B-shaped form as well as his uh, as well as his tiny form. Um, the uh, being able to do have a long strider with his unarmored movement means that his walking speed turns from a 40 foot walking speed into a 50 foot 
walking speed. So I felt like that was kind of a cool thing to add dimension to you know, how fast a tiny creature can move like uh, like Ant-Man portrays and then just how big uh, a large creature can step over and get to when he's in his Goliath form. Okay. Ted, anything for you? All right, equipment. Let's go through the infusions real quick. Um, I infuse a brooch of shielding, which he is not attuned to currently. So he is attuned right now to the gauntlets of ogre power, gloves of swimming and climbing, a wand geared as his enhanced focus, and a signet ring geared as his ring of spell storage. Um, so those are the those are the main ones that he's going to be using the most. Those four. Um, I also have a plus two shield. Uh, he that is no longer needed. Um, short bow, nothing, nothing spectacular outside of those. Gauntlets of ogre power. Obviously, when he gets bigger, he needs to be stronger. Um, gloves of swimming and climbing. When he's stronger, be able to add those abilities. Brooch of shielding to help, not necessarily. Um, boost his ac but um to to give him immunity to magic missile and just just a just a boost but uh, he doesn't even have that attuned so we'll go over something else um for spells he has blade ward friends green flame blade guidance infestation which is like how i imagine he would summon ants but it says mites fleas or and other parasites <laughs> so that was what that was one i thought light mage hand so i have uh, later on i have the reduce and large spell but you can only make him so small physically so i his mage hand is invisible very much like he is nearly invisible when he's that small so the mage hand i will use in certain situations to answer that question of how does he infiltrate quietly into the tiny spaces um, vicious mockery catapult because um, I like the scene in Civil War where he's on the arrow and gets launched so he may not be able to get launched but he can launch some things cure wounds also um, a lot of bard stuff dissonant whispers I have expeditious retreat so being able to get in and out of situations quickly very very quickly um, mm -hmm. feather fall grease which is a rogue thing also seems like a scotling thing get himself out of trouble tasha's hideous laughter hit the joke just right they'll always be rolling long strider magic missile i have the shield again because his ac is a 19 but just being able to jump that up to a 24 to avoid getting hit and then thunder wave um i have enhance ability at for a second level spell because uh, i think that helps as long as well as being able to be strong giving yourself the ability to be um dexterous or whatever else you need to do and then the most important one enlarge reduce because i that's how i answered mm -hmm. the bigger smaller yeah. question <laughs> honestly my first like the longest time i was trying to figure out how to make a build just around that and i was going there i don't see it yeah not that's it's not kinda... it doesn't work just around it but it it, yeah. it works enough um i have lightning bolt I have Tiny Servant, which again is like, okay, I'll like, if he can't use, if he doesn't use Mage Hand, let's do Tiny <laughs> Servant and do some funny stuff. So 
tried having like a lot of invisible help is how I is how it was is what I call it. So tiny yeah. tiny um, invisible servant, mage hand, um, and large reduce doesn't make him super tiny, but charm person. So just all the stuff to manipulate other people without him being visibly seen interacting with yeah. them. So yeah. Those are those are the main ones. All right. I'll tell you th if this seems rough. I started off my first Ant Man build with a Warforged, so we've come <laughs> a long way. I'll tell you. <laughs> with a Warforged, wow. That's what I said when I realized that what I had done. I was like, No, we can't do that. No, can't do that. <laughs> so. All right. Yeah. All right, that's our that's well, gonna be that our just wraps it up, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in, hanging out with us. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Stay safe, stay healthy. All right, we'll you all time. have a good one. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs>